1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. Amen. We're in this series on faith and prayer, and we're going to pick up this evening in Romans 10, 17. And I want to talk to you about how faith is built. It's not fasting and long hours of prayer that build up faith. It's taking God at his word, believing what he has said, confessing what he has said, and taking action on what God has said that builds up faith. We're going somewhere with this tonight. It's a great night to be here. Amen? Amen. So it's not fasting or long hours of prayer that build up faith. It's taking God at his word, believing what God has said, confessing what God has said, and taking action on what God has said that builds up faith. Reading books about faith, reading books about men of faith and their exploits can stir up a passion for faith, but they cannot in and of themselves. That activity in and of itself cannot build faith. So the Word of God alone is a source, our source of faith, Romans ten seventeen. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. I think one of the most alarming things that's happened to me in the last six months or so in prayer, one morning, this was months ago, I was out praying, and I was just grieved at how many churches remain closed even after they were allowed to be open. And I wasn't praying about it, but you understand sometimes you're praying, reciting your verses for the king, and your mind's thinking about something while you're doing that. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, son, it doesn't matter whether those churches are open or not. And it just was really alarming to me. But see, here's the problem. And this, these are the discussions we have on Tuesdays, which I probably shouldn't talk about. It doesn't matter what we do. You, you might wonder, how come we don't do more to be cool or reach out in coolness? Well, uh, I could change my wardrobe. I could change my hairstyle. Uh, you know, I could take the jewelry off. I could, uh, you know, wear wristbands. Of course, that's a pretty nice wristband right there. Uh, I could do all but. As soon as I open my mouth, or as soon as Austin opens his mouth, as soon as Sue opens her mouth, and the Word of God comes out of our mouths, they're going to know what we're doing. You understand? I mean, I could have spiky hair, and I could have, you know, I'd have to lose some weight to get into some skinny jeans, and, you know, and I could have a rubber wristband. I, I could have uh, hippie beads. I could... Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but when I open my mouth and the word of God comes out of it, there, a visitor's going to think, he didn't fool us. We know what this is about. It's about the Bible. This is about the Bible. Say, tell your neighbor and do the finger thing. Say, this is about the Bible. <laughs> tell the one on the other side, this is about the Bible. <laughs> yeah. 
Because look, if, you, if somebody gets sick, God forbid, where do you find your hope? Talk to me. Where do you find your hope? In, in the word of God, right? How about this? Anybody ever had a child sick in your home? I got my hand up. Anybody? Oh, you'd rather be sick yourself. But where do you turn for hope? The word of God. So from, from my perspective, that's what we have. That's what we have. You know what? That's what he left us. That's what he left us. Amen. Amen. And if you don't think it's relevant, you're not doing the annual Bible reading. I'm in uh, Psalms now. Oh, my gosh. Everything going on in a, in a kind of a similar way has happened before. Maybe not the exact same thing, but it's all happened before. Let me tell you what. And Darwin was completely wrong. Man hasn't changed. Man is just as wicked as man's always been. It's just the same old stuff in every generation. You know, now the technology changes and the hairstyles and the clothing changes, the cars change, all that change. But man is just as corrupt as man's ever been. Amen? And so it's the word that gives us the opportunity to build faith, but faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So what happens? God bless them. What happens when people go to churches and there's no word? See, they, they, they receive a feel-good satisfaction that they went to church, but there's no faith built up. Can you see that? They feel good that they went to church. And, you know, God forgive me, we just... We, we go visit relatives and they want us to visit the new church that they found. And, you know, I, I don't think we've done that in 20 years because it's just, you know, it's just horrifying. You know, and then they want to know, what'd you think? <laughs> well, it's like going to McDonald's and saying, where's the beef? You know, in other words, uh, I see the bread, I see the pickles, I see the ketchup, but you know, where, where's the beef? Where, where's the word? And it's the word. See, we search the scriptures for in them we think we have eternal life. We search the scriptures because in them we find healing. Amen. And, and we need to be refreshed in all of it. Man, you know, Nehemiah's day is just bad. Everything's bad, just bad. You know, government opposition is just bad. And, you know, they had to build the wall with one hand and have a sword in the other hand. And they had to have half the men work on building the wall and the other men had to carry swords. And it's just bad. And, uh, but then Nehemiah says, it's the joy of the Lord that is your strength. It's just great. You know, the word of God is just wonderful because we, we've never had that. You don't have to carry an AR when you're cutting your grass. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? In other words, we think things are jacked up, but man's been through worse. Amen. And in the midst of the worst, Nehemiah says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then I, I'm not there yet, but you know, then in Proverbs, it says, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. How many of you, how many of you think we need some medicine that's not uh, made by one of these hinky companies? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Say it, tell your neighbor, the joy of the Lord is your strength. 
Tell the neighbor on the other side, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. So, but the word of God will not build faith unless it becomes a part of us. John 15, 7. Here I have the New King James Version. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. And the word there, abide, means to live in, settle down in, and take up residence in. So not, not an overnight stop, a long-term stay. Here's a paraphrase. If you live in, settle down in, and take up residence in me, and my words live in, settle down in, and take up residence in you, you shall ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. So again, it's all about the word. His word must become a part of us. His word must dictate our conduct. You know, his word must dictate our conduct. We must take God at his word and demonstrate our faith by taking action on his word. Now, Jesus gave us the key. He said, the words that I speak are not mine, but my father's. The words that I speak are not mine, but, but my father's, John fourteen ten, And the works that he did were not his, but his father's. So we don't think of it this way. And we're kind of, kind of, we're going to kind of come at the Gospels from a different angle tonight. But Jesus acted on his Father's words. That's what he did. Jesus never needed faith because he never did not take action on his Father's word. Now let that sink in. Jesus never needed faith because Jesus never did not take action on his Father's word. By constantly taking action on his father's word, Jesus had faith unconsciously. We might say subconsciously, unconsciously. It was just there. And I don't know about you, but what I perceive happening in this congregation is, over time, people in this congregation are walking by faith and not by sight on autopilot. It just happens. Because if you're hearing the word enough and believing the word enough, confessing the word enough, taking action on the word of God enough, you, you don't even think about it. A man in this church loses his job, what comes out of his mouth? Thank you, Pastor. Be in agreement with me. I got a better job coming with more money. In other words, their default is faith. Do you understand that? And that's really where we want to get to, where our default is faith, not the panic button. You know, not call 1-800-GOVERNMENT. By constantly taking action on his Father's word, Jesus had faith unconsciously. And you and I, by constantly taking action on the word of God, can have faith automatically or unconsciously. And this is a little bit of a challenge when you get out amongst folk. It's just horrifying. You know, here a while back, we were in the company of family's family. Does that make sense? Family, but family's family. And that can happen and then be a part of Faith Christian Center, but this was not. This was family, family's family outside of Faith Christian Center. And we're just horrified at the way they talk. And literally, this week, they got what they were confessing back then. COVID, 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 now they got it. You know? 
you could bring in some COVID and put it on the back of my hand and, and bring a microscope and you could literally watch it die. Amen. See, so what am I confessing? It's going to die. It's near me, on me. Amen. But see, if you confess you're going to get it, well, now you got a problem. Amen. Amen. Now, I see some people looking at me in that tone of voice, but you know, <laughs> this is a big church, and I don't know of anybody sick. Amen. I don't know of anybody sick. Amen. Literally. Amen. Literally. Now, when I say sick, I mean, there's one or two guys I know, and they have some health issues, like with joints, uh, age, whatever. But I'm, ta- I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about sick. Now, there may be, but I don't know about it. So obviously, we're not all getting ready to check out. (laughs) Amen. Amen. See, in other words, we built faith in our hearts, and it's a hedge of protection. I just read that the other night, Satan complaining. You know, Father God, I can't get to your man Job because you've got a hedge of protection around him. Well, Job didn't even have a Bible. Job didn't have Jesus. Job didn't have the Holy Spirit. Job didn't have the writings of the Apostle Paul. God bless him. How, how, how could he even know how to operate? Yeah, but you know, how do I know I got a hedge of protection? Because, see, because you got Jesus, because you got the Bible, because you got the writings of the Apostle Paul, because you got the Holy Spirit of God, you ought to know you can confess your own hedge of protection. You don't need God to do anything. Amen, because he gave you the authority to confess it. Amen. Amen. So it's the word of faith. And so as we build that into our lives and into our daily walk by taking action on the word of God, faith becomes an unconscious asset. It's an asset. We come to realize that we are a part of him. We are as much a part of him as a branch is a part of the vine and that he is as much a part of us as the vine is a part of the branch. You know, with these winds, sometimes I'll be out walking and praying, and a branch is broken off a tree. And let's say it's a live oak, so it's green. But I know, you know, everybody knows, in a day or two or three, uh, that branch will start browning out, and you let it go a week or ten days, and the leaves are brown, because it's not any long connected to the tree and we got a lot of people and they're the the branches but they're not connected to the vine and it's all about the word john 7 we come to realize that we have his life his ability his love nature his strength that work within us and if you want to know the secret that was the secret of the greatest evangelist the world has ever known t.l osborne and that was his secret He developed that, he cultivated that, that knowing, that knowing that he had God's life, God's ability, God's love nature, and God's strength at work within him. And it's it's a cultivation, and it happens through the word of God. There's no other way to get there. And this gives us an unconscious certainty as we go into his presence. We know that we are working together with him toward a common end, a common goal. We're pulling together with him. We know that he is the strength of our life. Say it out loud. He is the strength of my life. He is the strength of my life. 
We know that he is our ability. We know that we are his righteousness in Christ Jesus. We know that he needs us to carry out his will, and so we are taking our place as his sons and daughters. You know, just like a son, a good son carries out his father's vision and dreams, well, we carry out our Father God's visions and dreams. And all, everything going on, I hope you see it, everything going on is a distraction. Amen. You know, I told Sue the other day in Austin, I said, you know, if the rapture happened right now, I hope you realize the bulk of the church is not coming out of North America. The bulk of the church is probably coming out of China. And they're focused because of all the persecution going on. See, everything we got going on is a distraction. You know, and uh, it's a challenge to stay focused. The Bible will help you do that. Daily prayer will help you do that. When Tiff Shuttlesworth stood here and he said to these converts, when you, once you get saved, there's four things you need to do every day or, or there's four things you need to do. He wasn't kidding. You have to pray every day. You've got to be in the Bible every day. You've got to be in a, a Bible preaching church when the doors are open, and then you have to win your family to Christ. But he wasn't kidding, because if we don't pray and we're not in the Word, really, frankly, in 2021, I'm beginning to wonder what chance people have. Are you listening to me? I'm beginning to wonder what chance people have. And I hope you realize you got challenges ahead. You know, in my day, the United States of America put a man on the moon. And all they can do in 2021 is put a man in the ladies' room. So your big challenge coming up is who are your children going to marry? This is huge. And if you're not praying about that, you're a fool. Because you understand all of this agenda is about corrupting children. That's all it is. Grooming them to be used sexually later. That's all it is. Because it's easier to use someone who's confused. Yeah. We're riding an elevator in Paris. This was 20 years ago. We're at the Eiffel Tower. We're going up to lunch. Me and Austin. And this young man puts his hand on me. I said, you put your hand on me again, I'm going to break it off. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay you out. And Austin says, you can't talk to people like that. I said, I just did. <laughs> See, in other words, how easy would it be to use me? Because I'm not confused. Do you understand that? So they want everybody confused so they can use them. Yeah, 
yeah, and I've done that on the other side. I had an usher once, kept leaning into Sue. Finally, this was up at I-30. This was 20 years ago. I told him. I said, you lean into my wife one more time. I said, I'm going to lay you out. And I said, it won't take but one punch. <laughs> Every guy here knows what I mean by leaning. So we're not confused. See, and, and the more you are in the word of God, you're not confused about anything. You're not confused about who you are. You're not confused about who God is. You're not confused about the will of God for your life. The more you, you, the more you immerse yourself in the word of God, the less confused you are. Amen. See, and then even the devil can't come along and tell you. See, and you know what the, the devil's biggest lie is? It just is heartbreaking. I read an article today. It was a string of photos of teenagers who have taken their lives because of the lockdowns and they're not around their friends. I mean, what a heartbreak. What a heartbreak. And, and nobody taking responsibility for what they've done. But the devil's biggest lie is to come along and tell you, you are alone and nobody cares. That's the devil's number one big, biggest lie. But the more I'm in the word of God, see, the less confused I am, the more I'm in the word of God, then the less susceptible I am to the devil's lies. Acts 17, 28, for in him we live and move and have our being. So prayer is a call to fellowship with Father God and to love him as he has loved us. Now, there cannot be a real prayer life that is not built upon the word of God. And this is true for two reasons. Firstly, because the word of God is the source of our faith. We've dealt with this, Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And secondly, because the language of the Bible, the language of God, is the only language God knows and understands. Listen to what I'm saying. The language of the Bible, the language of God is the only language God knows and understands. Now, I know people, they think I'm being harsh. I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm trying to be helpful. When, when you go to God and you whine and cry and complain, he doesn't hear you. When you go to God and start talking about Jude, Mary, he doesn't hear you. When you go to God and you start reciting the rosary, he doesn't hear you. He, he literally does not hear you. Because you're speaking some language that's foreign to him. The language God knows and understands is the language of God. Where do I get that from? 1 John 5, 14 and 15. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Well, how do we know what his will is? Talk to me. How do we know what his will is? We discover his will by his word. And it says there, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So turn that coin over. If we ask anything not according to his will, he doesn't hear us. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have past tense, we know that we have what we ask of him. See, this is where the confidence comes from. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like knowing what you're talking about. It's like knowing what you're talking about. 
And the only way we know what we're talking about when we approach Father God is if we have spent enough time in his word to learn his language. And for right out of the chute, his language is a language of faith. His language is not a language of fear. We're not going to get anywhere with God in fear. His language is not a language of doubt. We're not going to get anywhere with God in doubt. <laughs> you know, it's like, you can't go to God like this. You know, oh, Father God, I'm so confused. No. You know, we've got that book out there, Lester Summerall. I forgot about six or seven things, never to confess. You know, don't ever confess you're tired. Don't ever confess you're confused. Don't ever confess you're old. He understands his language. So the more we are in his word, we build that into our, our lives and into our hearts. And it, it becomes actually a part of our vocabulary. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask. Isn't, how many of you can agree with me? That's huge. Whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. John 15, 7, I gave you a few minutes ago. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. A paraphrase, if you live in, settle down in, and take up residence in me, and my words live in, settle down in, and take up residence in you, you shall ask what you desire, and it shall be done unto you. I remember hearing Fred Price teach on this way back way back in the 90s and to be specific and to not settle living in abiding in confessing the word of God and taking action on the word of God creates a kind of quiet assurance and unconscious faith something that you don't even think about you don't even think about it you can't conceive of Jesus saying to himself can you if only I had faith can you imagine the winds blowing they're in the boat Master, we're going to die. And Jesus, hunkering down in the corner of the boat, dare not to stand because, you know, he's sweating bullets, fear written all over his face, and him saying, if only I had faith. And the problem, frankly, is when you have a society that is word ignorant, And they stumble into a place where somebody's been reading the Bible and praying. They interpret it sometimes to be arrogance. Well, if somebody doesn't know who they are and I know who I am, that's not really my problem. Do you understand? Some of you, there's, there are people here and, and your mind has never gotten past the elevator at the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> because see, you know, you, you just, you just, you just, you know, your sensitive soul just can't handle it. But I know who I am. Do you understand? And so somebody walk in the door and, you know, they're confused. It, it, because the word of God breeds confidence. Yes. The word of God breeds confidence. Yes. 
And so if somebody's not in the word, they're not confident. And you're confident, and they can read that to be arrogance. It's not arrogance, it's confidence. Amen. I know who I am, Amen. and I know in whom I have believed. Amen. And then we can sound dogmatic. I just came across that the other night. I know that my Redeemer shall stand upon the earth. This is the language of the Bible. We're not guessing. We're not hoping. We're not wishing. Because we've immersed ourselves in the language of God. And the language of God is not the language of confusion. Do you understand? All of this, all of this is... Everything we see going on is post-Christian America and America that abandoned the God of Abraham and abandoned the Bible. And it's confusion on steroids. Unbelievable. The confusion. And then... In the spring, we were told by this phony expert that masks didn't do anything. Fast forward, now, then he says, well, everybody needs to wear a mask till we get the vaccine. Fast forward, then he says, well, even when we get the vaccine, everybody's got to wear a mask. Then this week it comes out and he says, no, you need to wear two masks. I mean, and, and the world out here cannot even recognize that he's full. Amen. <laughs> Man, Detroit just wants to come out. He's full of dung. He got, you know, those aren't words coming out of his mouth, man. That's dung coming out of his mouth. He just making it up as he goes. And you know, I, I don't want to get thrown off social media. So what I, I you know, because I, I can't say, hey, look, to really be safe, dude, you know, put a plastic bag over your head <laughs> and then put a real tight rubber band around your neck. Because, you know, that'd be a threat. Not a threat. To me, it's a joke. Yeah, but I know there's one thing that'll cure it and stop it. The one-way trip to hell. Amen. Yeah. Because you do realize, right, there's no unbelievers in hell. We had barely been married. And Mao Tay Sung died. I come home and from working, you know, understand Sue worked in the afternoons at the Paxton Lumber Company. And I went to school in the morning and afternoon. Then I worked at night at Zale Jewelry. And I came back and Mao Tay Sung had died. And Sue said, did you see that, uh, that Kami's a believer? I said, no, I didn't know that. Well, she said he died. He's a believer now. <laughs> Problem is, then it's too late. That's right. 
Say it out loud, I'm a believer. I'm, a believer. I'm, not, a I'm not a doubter. See, we immerse ourselves in the word of God. Amen. And then that gives us the vocabulary to re reject every lie. These are fiery darts. You're, you're all alone. Nobody cares. Everybody's going to get it. They're born that way. These are all lies. That's right. These are all lies. That's right. And so it's only by building the word of God into our hearts and our minds and our souls that we have the answer. Amen. And it's not even that we're answering the world. Sometimes you just got to answer the devil to get rid of them. Suicide, huh? It's a real heartbreak. I went over there, drove around 820, my little orange hatchback Pinto for a job interview in East Fort Worth. And, you know, he, uh, he was polite. He talked to me, but he told me he had decided on somebody else. And I'm driving my little orange Pinto down 820, and Satan spoke to me. I think it was one of the earliest times I remember specifically it was Satan speaking to me. He said, nobody wants to hear you teach or preach. He said, you ought to just run this car into that bridge embankment. I said, you're so stupid. I said, how can somebody be in heaven and get thrown out? <laughs> and then I said, I got that, I got that, you know, hot 21, 22-year-old wife at home. I'm not going to run into my car into a bridge embankment. <laughs> stupid. I'm not as stupid as you are, Satan. But he'll come to you. My heart breaks. Young people, they don't know Jesus. Nobody took them to church. Maybe they went to a church and there was no Bible in the pastor's mouth. And Satan comes along because... John 10, 10, Jesus said, the thief comes, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. He's not coming to bring you a party. He's not coming to invite you to a party. He's coming to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's what he does. And we have to know how to get rid of them. And the way to get rid of them is the word of God. Now, I'm not saying judge anybody, but... Look around, look around on a Wednesday, look around on a Sunday, look around. Now, we've got a lot of people working and helping in the building, but people that are jammed up, people that are in trouble, they come less. And it should really be the opposite. When, when the pressure's on, when the attack is on, we should be in the house of God when the doors are open. We ought to be in the house of God when the doors are open. Anyway, I'm just saying, but I've watched it play out. I'm thinking right now about a guy, you know, they're, they're, they're facing trouble. But as the, the weeks go by, I see them less and less and less. But the word is your hope. The word is your salvation. The word is your life. That's what God said over and over and over in the Old Testament. For the word of God is your life. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. See, we hang on to them like, like it's a life preserver. We hang on to the words of God. And we take our stand. We stand 
against the devil. We stand against symptoms. We stand. Amen. You know, I've been laid off twice. That doesn't feel good. But we stand. You know, back in 1989, we were probably just weeks away from going under. You just stand. And, and things I learned from unsaved people. Now, this generation doesn't even have that. Jumping Joe Miller at Anderson High School. Uh, winners never quit. Quitters never win. Uh, stuff like that. They, they can't even talk like that now. See, young people today, what hope do they have? What chance do they have? Teachers union this week, I forgot what state it was. You know, we're not going back to work until you put us to the head of the line on the vaccine. And so whatever state that was, okay, put them at the head of the line. Then you know what they said? We're not going back to work. <laughs> what chance do children have? Talk to me. What chance do children have? But maybe it's the mercy of God to keep them away from drag queens. Maybe it's the mercy of God. I don't know. But I know this. He's coming at a time and an hour when no man expects his return. And what kind of a world do we live in where people brag about being in this church or being a member of that church or going to church and the head of the church they're bragging about being a part of and the the head of the church they're bragging about going to is for same-sex marriage. See, it's all a disconnect from the Word of God. It's all a disconnect from the Word of God. And you know, there's so much in here that would help people if they just actually study it. I saw a sermon clip today of this guy preaching about uh, preaching to other preachers about not relying on your whiteness. What a stupid comment. Uh, I'm 65 years old and I've never one time relied on my whiteness. I mean, where do they even learn this? This is the language of communism. This is not the language of, of God. This is not the language of the Bible. And if they'd just come visit Faith Christian Center, any service, you'd see all kind of folk getting along, nobody killing anybody. Do you understand? Because you get, you get people saved, they just don't act like that. And, and color doesn't matter. And, and by the way, all these people always making an issue out of race don't believe gender matters. If, if race doesn't, if gender doesn't matter, how come race matters? I, I'm, I, I was going to say, I'm so confused. <laughs> but I can't say that because I've been studying the Word of God. See? I mean, I can't keep track of all the dung. Because the dung changes. Every, forget about every year the dung changes every month you can't keep track of it we need dung trackers 
You, you can't picture, can you imagine Jesus walking up there to the tomb of Lazarus and turning to Mary and Martha and saying, I need to go to a faith seminar. <laughs> See, he walked in it. And, and part of the reason, frankly, he walked in it was he knew who he was. Somebody say, oh, yeah, but, but that was easy for him because he was the son of God. He never one time claimed to be the son of God. He claimed to be the son of man. There's not one thing he did that we can't do. Oh, yeah, but, you know, we can't raise the dead. Well, that's what you say. Smith Wigglesworth raised 23 people from the dead. Bud Sickler raised people from the dead. T.L. Osborne raised people from the dead. Yeah, but he forgave sins. Well, I've done that. I couldn't count how many times I've stood out here or stood in the foyer at I-30 and people come to me dejected and blue and hanging their head and they don't know what to do and you can tell Satan's been whipping them and I've stood there at, in the foyer at I-30 and out here I couldn't count the times and I take a hold of them, and I say, look at me, and they look at me, and I say, Father, God forgives you. Let it go. Forget about it, because he has. Amen. And people say, well, you don't have the authority to do that. I do, because, see, if you say we don't have the authority to do that, you haven't studied the Bible. Because Jesus said, whosoever sins you remit, they shall be remitted. Whosoever sins you do not remit, they shall not be remitted. We have the power to forgive. Now, that's based on them asking God for forgiveness. But see, I'm talking about people going to God and asking God for forgiveness, but the Satan's beating them up, whipping them, beating them up, whipping them, beating them up, whipping them. And they need, see, sometimes God needs a face. And they need somebody representing God to say, God forgives you. And God loves you. And God's for you. Do you understand that? But see, how can any of these cool things happen if we're not in the Word? Men and women who have, who have really wrought mighty things have been those who never thought about their faith life. For them, the Word was a reality. And that's what we need to do. We need to practice the presence of Jesus Christ. You know, there are some things from the Norman Vincent Peale world that maybe we ought to go back and relearn. He talked about in one of his books, practicing the presence of Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you what, back in the day when people were wearing the WWJD bracelets, I thought, you know, that was a fad. But I'll tell you one thing, America would be better off in 2021 if we were, would think about that. What would Jesus do right here in this situation? What would Jesus say to this person? So We need, a, we need the reality of the incarnation evident in our lives. And there are things happening in my life that I'm reluctant to talk about because, number one, people might not believe them. Number two, it, it would, might give the impression that I'm a spiritual person. I'm not. You ask my family, ask people who work for me. You know, I'm, I'm not spiritual. But he, his presence to me is growing stronger. Amen. And things are happening in my life that have never happened in my life. And all of this leads me to believe that we're 
we're, we're coming to the wrap-up. We're coming to the finish. And I'm reluctant to talk about these things because, again, I, there's too much weirdness in the body of Christ and I don't want to contribute it to, contribute to it, but when you get in it, when you're allowed to go visit somebody in the hospital, how stupid is everything? But, you know, when you get in the elevator to visit somebody in the hospital, say, I'm coming to see you, Jesus. And you just say to yourself, I, I'm a child of God. I'm, I'm, I'm an, I'm, see, in other words, are you going in there as a relative? Are you going in there as a friend? Or are you going in there as an emissary of the Lord Jesus Christ? See, are, are you going in there to shoot the breeze? Or are you going in there to conduct business? What are you doing? What, what role are you playing? No, he is, say it out loud, God is with us. God is for us. God is in us. John 1.14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. See, this is John writing 2,000 years ago. And I'm going to end with this. This is John writing 2,000 years ago. And I'm going to end with this. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Now this truth cannot just be a historical truth, something that happened to them. Way back then, 2,000 years ago, this literally needs to be a theological truth that happens to us in our lives. In my entire life, people have lived as mortal men. There have been a few that have gone beyond that, but it was like momentary or fleeting, occasionally. And I know there are things we can do by the anointing we can't do any other way, and I know that <clears throat> the... I know that things happen by the leading of the Holy Spirit. You can't manufacture them. I know that. And then Jesus had an advantage I don't have, and it's a quirk, and I'm, I know it, I see it in myself, but I don't really know what to do about it. Things bother me. If somebody lies to me, it really bothers me. It's like, it's like fingernails on a chalkboard. And uh, when people do you wrong. Now see, Jesus had the ability to not let that bother him. I mean, man, they're nailing him to the cross. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So... All of us have to work on practicing the presence of Jesus. He said, John 1.14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And that's what, I, that's what I would like to happen in 2021 at Faith Christian Center. I'd like for us to be able to give the report that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Amen. See, we think that means that they met Jesus, Jesus called them, they walked down those dusty roads. Let me tell you a dusty road story. won't take but a minute. 1985, the first church I pioneered after Cathedral of Praise. 
was Wazapa, El Salvador, in the middle of a civil war. It was a hoot. The 80s, Ronald Reagan president, we're sitting in the lobby bar of the El Presidente Hotel in San Salvador, El Salvador, and the minister I was with, Raymond Wilkerson. He was the older brother of Ralph Wilkerson. You probably used to see him on TBN. We're sitting there in the lobby bar of the El Presidente Hotel, and he said, look around the room, Gene. He said, what do you see? I looked around the room. I said, what well, looks like a lot of Americans? He said, they're corn-fed CIA operatives, black ops. There probably wasn't a safer place in all of Central America than the lobby bar of the El Presidente Hotel in San Salvador. And then we were walking out, and this caravan of suburbans or whatever they were, four or five of them roll up, and uh, I'm talking about heavily armed men get out. They open the front passenger door of, I think it was the second vehicle, and this, this minister rushes up there. I thought, man, you're going to get shot. And it was the president of El Salvador. And he knew him. But we would go out there. We went out there to Wazapa to pioneer this church and, and gunfire everywhere. Civil war. Gunfire everywhere. I'm preaching. You could hear the gunfire. I loved it. I, I loved it. I truly loved it. And so I'm done preaching, and I walk out of this building, and uh, there's this dirt road, and chickens out there, and pigs out there. And I was 85, so what would I have been, 30? 29. And I, I was being religious. I didn't know I was being religious. I was actually being young and stupid. But I said, Lord, I sure wish I could have been there. I sure wish I could have walked those dusty roads with you like Peter and James and John. I, I wish I could have been there. And the Lord directed my attention down this road and the pigs and the chickens. And he said to me, these are my dusty roads. Hallelujah. We didn't have anything 1985 we didn't have anything but we pioneered a church in Wazapa El Salvador we pioneered two churches in Zimbabwe and we didn't have anything the second church I pioneered in Zimbabwe was in an area called Arcadia, and I didn't know it, but apparently I was the first person to ever preach there, and apparently they, they didn't want anybody preaching there because they called them coloreds. They were mixed. So the blacks, did, the Africans didn't accept them, and the, the expatriates didn't accept them. We went right in there and pioneered a church. Win people to Jesus. Lay hands on the sick. We didn't have anything. 
We're meeting in a hotel. We got nothing. But if you say to yourself, I am his and he is mine, and what one man can do, another man can do, There's nothing impossible. There's literally nothing impossible. We had so little. Say, how much, how, how little did you have? That preacher in Zimbabwe talked me out of my cash. I get to London and I had just enough to take the subway to the train station and the train station. In those days, it was not Heathrow, it was the other one, Gatwick. And I ate at this little Italian restaurant last night. And uh, I wasn't paying attention, and I came time to pay the bill, and the guy said, no credit cards. And it was the last of my money. Thank God I had it. And I was walking around London looking for for coins on the street I mean I, I, I couldn't get I couldn't get to the airport because you know our, our change isn't worth anything they have some change that's actually worth a few dollars and I'm doing that for a half hour 45 minutes and the Holy Spirit spoke to me he said son he said you can use a credit card to get your subway ticket and your train ticket oh see thank God for the baptism in the Holy Spirit <laughs> You know, people were walking around not knowing what to do because they, they got no Holy Spirit. Thank God for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So, but I had to walk across Hyde Park. It was by that time, it was probably 11 o'clock at night to get to a place where they took credit cards. Not all the places took credit cards. Satan's there all the time, all the time, all the time. It's dangerous out here. It's pitch black. You know, you're by yourself. Shut up. You're so stupid. How could you live in heaven and get thrown out? I've been there and I've done all of that. I don't know how many people I've pulled out of wheelchairs. I couldn't count how many people have been healed of cancer. I couldn't count how many people have been healed of deafness. There was a boy in Veracruz. They were playing with darts and some, somebody had thrown a dart. Another kid had thrown a dart and a dart went into his eye. And it was dead. The eye was dead. It was there, but it was dead. It was white. It was dead. Laid hands on him. God healed him. Pioneering a church in Veracruz, Mexico. Never want to go back there. There's fleas everywhere. But if you don't dare to step out of yourself, See, I'm not talking about being a church member. I'm not talking about just being a pew sitter. Because when you lay your hands on some, how are you? how can you know what's going to happen if you don't venture out and you lay your hands on somebody? Amen. And, and it just breaks my heart. All these young people committing suicide. This country is in trouble. This nation is in trouble. People don't know where to turn. And even if they go to church, the church isn't open. And even if the church is open, there's no Bible. That's right. So I'm saying in 2021, you literally might be somebody's last hope and last chance. 
But if you don't, if you don't go, if you don't offer a, a word of kindness, if you don't offer to pray, who's going to do it? Because literally, we live in a country now where, where they, might, they might not come across another believer until they decide to take their own life. We have, we have God in us. We have Jesus in us. We have the life of God in us. We have eternal life in us. We have healing power in us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have the love of God in us. We have the wisdom of God in us. We have the faith of God in us. We can do all things. All things are possible because we're believers. We're not doubters. And at the exact moment in history when the world needs us most, the world's bullied us and got us backed into the corner and afraid to exercise our faith. But people need us. They may not even know they need us, but they need us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus wants to save. Jesus wants to heal. Jesus wants to deliver. Jesus wants to set men free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you think drug use has gone up or down during the lockdown? Uh, Do you think alcoholism has gone up or down during the lockdown? Do you think child abuse has gone up or down during the lockdown? Do you think spousal abuse has gone up or down during the lockdown? Do you see it? More than any time in your entire life, the world needs what God's people have. So we have to make ourselves available, be available. When, come, when men come to work at your house, go out there and get some copies of God's very own child. We'll give them to you. But when men come to work at your house, love them. Now, I'm not saying love them like, you know, <laughs> the people in charge. I'm saying, you know, be a blessing to them. Amen. Amen. And, uh, you know, give them a copy of God's very own child. And then if they come back, I give them a copy of God's very own child. Then if they come back and ask me questions, well, then I'll stand there and talk to them. See? And that way I'm not shoving it down anybody's throat because the book is a gift. Amen. 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 Father, I pray for these, your people. They're your people. And Father God, I know this. I know this, that this world out here is darker than it's ever been in my entire lifetime. I know that. And I know that this world out here has less light in it than at any point in my lifetime. I know that. And I know that there's less Bible in the churches of America than there has ever been in my entire lifetime. I know that. And I pray, Father God, that you would give these folks, your folks, these good people a revelation that they can walk those dusty roads with you and they can do what Peter and James and John did and they can see Jesus do his thing in 2021. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again, and today is a new beginning. 
we would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.